My name is Brian, and today is February 26, 2024, and this is episode 641 of the Lost Project podcast, and it's titled Nature's Razor Wire, and this morning I'll be chatting about the weekend battling Nature's Razor Wire out at Delinquent Scully. New boots on the horizon, possibly comfrey time is here, and much, much more. Before we do dive into that, let's check in with the coffee crew, see who's hanging out in the live chat, grab a cup and hang out for about an hour. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Hunter over there on Twitch, hanging in there. He, uh, he's he got a nice experiment going with some comfrey. I think it will work out well. Good morning, Pinkle Pickle Pete, Pacific Northwest. Good morning. Good morning. And Pip was in early as usual, 502 little later than usual i think today is a uh a, a pip weekend i believe i believe today is a pip weekend so thanks for joining us here early on a monday morning i hope everything is good hope your weekend went well ours did Corey and i had a had a great weekend i would i would say i was busy i'll talk about that talk about that today and uh and what we got going on so Let's get into it. Let's let's get into it. What is in the cup this morning? Got uh, switched it up a little bit. Went uh, straight light Colombian this morning. Been doing the the GSD and uh, Tanzanian Peaberry mixes, uh, blends, post blends, I guess, uh, for quite a for about a week now. It was uh, fantastic for sure, for sure. But um, popped open a bag of light Colombian and just going with that straight uh, straight bean bean roast there and it is uh, yeah it is good it's good it's good I think I am uh, dialing back a little bit on the caffeine Corey and I were talking about this weekend actually I was just letting her know my thoughts but um, I think I might be dropping back to one again I got in this really groove with Corey and I's new morning routine where we came back from dog walks and I was making another French press but there was quite a delay between the first one and the second one and I think I was uh I was jolting myself a little bit because late morning I was um I was amped up and then I wasn't so I think it's time. I think it's time to dial back again. I, for a long, long, long time, I just did the one French press in the morning and it, um, it is, uh, it was, it was fantastic. So I don't know, eased back in there to the two. I think it was probably because of the cold weather, the cold mornings, just looking for something warm in my gut, uh, and warm to sip on. So as we're coming out of the weather here, it's going to be getting warmer in the mornings, and I think I'll probably slide right into uh, drinking water for the rest of the day. So, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Uh, every once in a while, special occasion or whatnot, pop in with an extra French press. But day to day, I think I'm going back to the one because I felt the best at that point. So, it is what it is. It is what it is. Light Colombian on in the press this morning. Uh Daily Stoic, Daily Stoic, I uh, I hit this weekend real quick, both days, um, and contemplated. Corey and I were busy. Like I said, we we had a bunch of stuff we did this weekend, so I didn't get to dive in, um, dive in a lot. 
it was basically um it was basically read it and then focus on other things so pickle peas says cooney cooney half calf no dude no no more no more caffeine for the day um that's what it was for the longest time and that's what it's going to be <laughs> that is what it was going to be so and um no i'm not i'm not messing around with iced or cold brew in the camper i don't have enough room for the stuff that we want to put in our refrigerator let alone extra coffee so pretty much one french press in the morning and um and then water that's where it's going to be good morning good morning rewilder life uh i'll feel better i mean it's only been it's only been probably a month ish that i've that i've amped to the two um and compared to what my caffeine intake used to be, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, take it back probably 10, 15 years ago. And it was, um, it was dangerous levels, I would say. Um, basically coffee and or energy drinks from the time I got up till the time I laid down. And um, I think I was sleeping, but I was sleeping because I was I was exhausted, passed out because I was going 8000 miles an hour all day. So that was that that was that. Um, yeah, I am getting healthy. Getting healthy. Yeah, so. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's still it's still plenty, plenty of uh, of coffee for my C4 for sure. For sure. Um, two pots a day. Yeah, it was rough. Like when I was a control room operator and I sat in the control room, we had a coffee pot in there and it was full or being brewed all day. 12 to 12 to 14 hour shifts of just drinking coffee. And that was after drinking coffee on my hour and a half drive there and um, usually grab a couple of energy drinks for the drive home. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. K-Bong's drinking two pounds today. You're going to drink two pounds of coffee today? Holy shit. Uh, anyway, let's get to it. Let's get to it. What's uh, the title today was Nature's Razor Wire. We, Corey and I, Saturday, we got in the habit a little bit of heading out to Chickasaw State Park to hike and do that. Uh, that was probably a half hour or a little more drive away. Um, and we're kind of transitioning seasons here to where were able to get out and work on uh, delinquent scully we talked to each other we said uh, hey why don't we go do that why don't we go clear some trails or do some work out there get the um get the get the work done get the exercise it's plenty of uh it's plenty of terrain there to to get some exercise if you guys have been out there i know pip's been uh, and i don't know if anybody else in this crowd has been to delinquent scully other than pip but yeah, it's definitely hilly. It's definitely a workout. And so we said, hey, it's going to be a beautiful day. Let's go clear some trail. Uh, goal is to get a trail up the middle of the property, then around the outside. And Tim is excited about that. So when he comes down for his extended stay down here, he's got a place out there where he continue, can continue 
to do his um his workout dude has been on a tear with uh getting in shape losing weight and it'll be nice for him to be able to walk on that property and Corey and i are also excited to get that kind of cleared out a little bit more good morning mike's homestead you've been to delinquent scully good morning jen by the way jen g thanks for joining and black blakesley acres k bonk thanks for sliding in and i mentioned rewilder life is here um so we're interested in being able to go out there and hike instead of driving out to Chickasaw. Um, we're also excited to get it kind of um, cleared out to where we can take the dogs for a walk out there. Because currently, anywhere we want to go, it is uh, blackberries and briars and thorns and pioneering species. And... Yeah, that with the dogs doesn't go well. That with Corey and uh, her clothes and her skin does not go well. Me, I come out of there looking like um, like I got a, in a fight with Freddy Krueger most of the times when I go out. Uh, when I went out to do the the planting of the elderberries and everything, I think I mentioned I, I forgot gloves. I thought I had leather gloves in my in my uh, in the truck, and I'd taken them out of the truck to work on the wood stove. And so, yeah, I cleared a whole area with no gloves and short sleeves on. And I came home and I just had blood down my arms. It looked like I had gotten in a fight with a cat or something. It was it was pretty rough. Uh, I'm not going to say it looked much different after this Saturday, but Corey and I decided we're going to go out and um, and start picking away at some trails and pick away. We did, man, we cleared. I want to say we cleared 100 yards or more of um straight uphill briars thorns uh thick grass i got a video of it that i have to get edited i have to do something with the with the audio of it because basically at the end i ran up this hill taking a video <laughs> i was so focused on keeping the camera steady keeping the camera uh looking where i wanted that i just kind of made it up to the top of the hill as fast as I could and I got done I got to the top and I was like huffing and huffing and huffing um it uh, <laughs> and I I was like holy crap I turned around Corey's just kind of wandering up the trail the trail and I was like man uh it probably sounds like I'm about ready to die she's like well maybe if you hadn't run up the hill I was like yeah I guess I did I guess I did so trying to edit down the the heavy breathing the panting in the video because i also do talk i do say some things so i'll get it up there soon enough and uh, probably by the time i get the video up we'll be out clearing more paths because that's kind of the mo right now is um is getting to the top of the property property is kind of like on a on a slope like this and there's a logging trail on the top it has some ridges that run through it uh on a diagonal and there's flat spots. So basically it if you're if you're going from the bottom of the property to the top of the property you're going to want a clear path because if you're if you're battling the brush and the elevation change, the slope it's it's interesting. Um it's definitely a workout. I think it's it's plenty of a workout just dealing with the elevation change. So we did really good. We did good. Um, machete and um, and some hedge loppers. 
extendable handle hedge loppers is what we used. We found that that is kind of the easiest to get through this initial um, clearing phase. And then we're going to come back through with uh, with some stuff to clean it up really, really tight and keep it maintained. And then eventually we're hoping that um, Pickle Pete suggested and um, I've, I've been thinking about getting grass seed, some natural grass seeds and things like that to throw out uh, along those paths to keep um, to, to let the grass grow in and kind of overtake those species that are that are there. So. We'll see. We'll see. Corey says the other day, yesterday, she goes, man, I really hope the deer started using our paths we're making for them so that they keep them beaten down. Uh, that was something that happened in Minnesota on our property when we would clear paths is the, the deer would start using them. The deer would start keeping them down. The game would start using them. And uh, just by us using them, walking them, four wheelers on them, deer on them bears on them um they eventually just they did they didn't grow back and it wasn't mud it was just like low grass i'm thinking maybe clover i really like clover so um rewilder life says we planted rye where the blackberries were and it holds back the blackberries well, that sounds like I need to, uh, I think I'm going to get a hold of old Toolman and get a, a seed supply out there or ride it around in my truck. So every time I'm out there and do some clearing, I'll just uh, broadcast some seed where I've been. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. Clover was our, uh, our MO at home, especially for our yard, because we were not mowing yard people like we we mowed our yard as little as very little as possible. And, um, usually, usually we would, um, wait until like the dandelions were all, um, the dandelions were all white and puffy and find the windiest day and just not knock it out and, uh, broadcast, excuse me, guys, I'm going to sneeze. Hmm. Not going to come. Oh man, this is gonna stink. Oh. Wow. Sorry guys. Sorry guys. <laughs> Probably could still hear that. <laughs> that was lovely. Um anyway. Anyway, yeah, our uh our MO was um was to let those dandelions go, let all those pollinators go, and then broadcast the seeds everywhere. Our neighbor hated us because they had a golf course for sure. And um, it was definitely two opposing forces beating at each other next door to each other. Uh, but we were eventually hoping to transition to clover and we would buy it at the place we would buy our, our um, animal feed, little co-op that we would get our stuff from they sold all sorts of clover seeds and in, in uh, five pound bags and stuff. It was very, very affordable. And so we would just broadcast that everywhere. We put it in our backfield where we ran our, our pastured chickens. We put it in our, our yard yard um, where the dogs were, where we were all the time. And uh, eventually we were hoping it choked out everything because it never had to be mowed. It just got to be like four to five inches tall or or something similar. And then it was it. And um, man, how great would that be? How great would that be? Uh, 
Pickle Pete says purple cone, clover, rocks. Yeah, I think we were, I think we had some red, some white. I don't know if we had purple. Corey, did we have purple cone head clover? I don't think that was one. Maybe that didn't uh, fare well in our climate, but um, that uh, that was good. Uh, G says a golf course. I bet they were tickled. Well, it wasn't actually a golf course. Uh, it was maintained like a golf course. My neighbor was retired, uh, and, and mowed a lot, um, mowed, mowed a lot sometimes to the fact that you couldn't tell where he was mowing and he didn't go in any discernible pattern because he wasn't really cutting much off. And he did at one point have a, a chipping green in his backyard. So they, yeah, they weren't. They weren't um, they weren't the most thrilled about our yard maintenance uh, philosophies. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Rewild their life says uh, now that she's got the blackberries choked out, they're gonna check out um, choked out. They're gonna do some other stuff. It's um it's interesting to play with. It's interesting to play with. I'm excited that uh, we got those elderberries installed uh, last week. Last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. <clears throat> Checked on them. Didn't see much growth. Uh, comfrey's popping up, but the elderberries weren't coming back. But I'm excited to get maybe a year to two years into those elderberries and be able to go out there at this time of year and start lopping cuttings off them and lining the campsites that we're installing lining the trails we're installing and um man have like an elderberry and other species for species forest alongside of all the trails um one cool thing was when we when we were working out there we found um we found a plant tag um those um rewilder life says she's had 50 of them hoping half of them make it yeah uh this this whole property is an experiment in gorilla planning, basically. Um, it's not getting a lot of love. Things aren't getting love when they are going in. They're not being babied. They're not being watered. Basically, stick them in whatever I can carry in, a gallon jug, a five-gallon jug, if it's wet enough. Uh, basically, the soil, gets, uh, the soil gets loosened up and things get planted, and that is it. And we check on them and see if they come back kind of a big long-term experiment for doing on other people's secondary properties to where they're not out there taking care of it. And then also it's our MO for our um, long-term goals of having several different properties that we're not at any of them any any particular length of time, but we have things working on the properties as we're, as we're not there. So yeah, it's kind of a big, big experiment. See, see the hardy things that we can just set and forget, and uh, and then go enjoy when they come in. So that's that's been kind of the focus, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I'm excited. I'm excited to see how the elderberry patch does. It's basically I took and uh, and made a propagating propagating section on the property. So. Rewild their life says so she's got ponds and tucking them in near there. That they'll like it. They'll like it. I threw mine right along. My propagation area is really cool. Um, I kind of selected a spot on either side of a creek. 
Uh, it looks like the creek fills up uh, seasonally with heavy rains or, um, yeah, it, it, I don't think it's going to over flood into where I planted, but it definitely is saturating the soil underneath where I planted. And I think they'll, uh, I think they'll have a lot of moisture throughout the season. Uh, and then on one side, I planted, um, planted spiral willow to get them established and, and start transferring them around the property because it's kind of, it's a weird thing. Like I was saying, it's, uh, it's sloped from the front to the back of the property, um, with, uh, ridges that run down through valleys, gullies, whatever you want to call them that run down, uh, kind of on a diagonal. So the property, if you go front to back and then the, the ridges kind of run diagonal and there's deadfall across the ridges in some places. So there's kind of land bridges formed, but you'll see, you'll see water in some of them all year round. And then others are bone dry. You'll look at it. Like we walked up on one, Corey and I were walking around exploring which way we wanted to take the paths. And I was like, oh, we should go this way. She goes, yeah, there's like a little, a little Creek over there. We can go up and then up through the creek. And I'm like, yeah, and I look over. And the 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 layout of the land, the way everything sloped, the way everything looked, it was dead. It should have been a creek there. Walk over. It looks like there was water there at, at some point in history, but it was bone dry. And we had had enough rain recently, enough heavy rains that you would have thought that you would have seen some remnant of runoff or something. And I don't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So I don't know if the ground was, um, if the ground is just sucking in any moisture that it gets right now because it was so dry last year or what the deal is. But um, yeah, the, the water comes and goes in these little, little streams. Um, I think there's springs. I think there's, um, I think Carrie called them weeps or uh, seeps uh, where the, the spring pops up in the, in the drainage. And then it just disappears back down into the ground. So there'll be like a, a 20, 30 yard section, um, 20, 30 yard section. Rewild life says something further up probably stopped it. I'm wondering if it's go actually going underneath. Um, and I think the springs are popping up. They'll run for 20, 30 yards, and then it's just dry. Uh, and then you go down further in the property and some pops up. So it's it's a lot of clearing things, exploring, finding out where um, where everything is. Jen says, sounds like a beautiful property. Good for you guys. Yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> It's it's a property I'm working on for somebody. Um, my friend Toolman Tim, he he lives up in Alberta and bought a property down here in Tennessee. He's got 15 acres, um, 15 acres down here in Tennessee that I'm I'm installing some campsites and doing some work for him. And eventually, eventually we'll have a property around here. But uh, right now we're uh, we're working on his. So I appreciate it. it. Is it is a beautiful property? It is. Uh, it's got a lot of potential in it for sure especially for the things we're working on long-term. I think we want to do a lot of, um, a lot of training, education, um, getaway type weekends. We're going to, we're installing a hip camp with, uh, a, we're starting with four campsites there and then hopefully working up to campsites and cabin rentals on the property. Um, 
I've had a lot of, uh, of thought gone into and feedback on doing kind of digital escape, uh, digital retreat type of things, because there is very little, little cell phone service there to begin with. So um, a lot of uh, unplugging retreats and seminar type of things where uh, get back to the get back to the earth camping weekends with no phones, no tablets, no electronics um, at kind of working through those. It's a it's a really cool project and I'm excited. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of full full going uh, full in swing going right now. And I think by the end of um, by the end of this summer, we'll definitely have the camp open and um, <laughs> Jen says, uh, here's the problem. Jen says, cool. I can, so I can bring my motor home there for a getaway week. Um, I don't know about getting a motor home in there. It really would depend on the motor home. Um, we have a 32 foot travel trailer and we're not taking ours back there right now. The easement road to get back is pretty interesting. Uh, I do have, uh, if you do want to come this way, I do have uh, a place that you could probably park if you could boondock for sure. Uh, I'm sure we can arrange something with uh, with somebody real close. But yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready to rock. I'm excited. Um, my buddy Kerry Brown uh, from Knoxville from Strong Roots Resources. He's been out to property a bunch of times, and we're going to uh, we're going to work on some like nature walk types of stuff and foraging classes and all sorts of fun stuff to offer out there on a week to week on a weekend to weekend basis. And um, yeah, get some, get some revenue flowing to the property for someone that can only be there for six months of the year, get some use and, uh, and some, some education and some knowledge. Um... <laughs> uh get some knowledge flow and things like that mike's home says says not sure i would drive a razor out there um yeah i don't know i think eventually i think eventually we'll end up being able to put um electric utv on there i think maybe it really depends. It really depends. Um, when Tim comes down in the spring, we'll really lock in some more plans for the year. And that's kind of how we've been looking at it. He comes down and spends some time doing events around here. We take a look at what's done, what we want to get accomplished while he's here, and then what we want to get accomplished uh, by the next time he comes down. So that's going to be a little bit more, a little bit more planning in the future. But yeah, slicing through, uh, slicing through the blackberries this weekend was fun. It was a great workout. Uh, Corey and I both yesterday, <laughs> Saturday night when we got home, we were like, oh man, we're going to be, I'm going to be sore in the morning. Corey's like, yeah, I'm going to be sore too. And um, so we, we went to bed, we got up. I slept awesome on Saturday night. I had been feeling like crap. Uh, I talked about it on Friday, Thursday. I took that nap. I was really kind of down and out. <coughs> and um spending saturday out working on the property sweating working out uh basically exhausting myself i felt fantastic uh i got done with the evening and was tired and slept really well Sa sunday i got up i felt better than i had for a while so i think really um 
I think really we got, I just needed to sweat and uh, do a little physical activity. I think I was getting bogged down and, and um, I, I just wasn't feeling right because I wasn't expending any energy. So that was cool. Get out in nature, get out and spend some time and, uh, and work up a sweat and uh, it worked. It worked. So I'm, I've been feeling better yesterday. felt great. Got a lot done. And hopefully going into the week is uh, is very productive this week. So Mike's Homestead says, told him we need to get another workday scheduled. Yeah, we need to get another workday scheduled. I'm hoping um, I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping to, to do some sort of small event there um, this year, too, other than a workday, uh, some sort of get together. And I don't know. I don't know if Tim has made his plans for the year yet or just this spring. I don't know if we'll be ready to do an event in the spring, but another workday is a, uh, is, is a distinct possibility in the spring for sure. So I'll have to talk to him. I got to get with Tim uh, here about some other things anyway. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about uh, getting another workday, get another workday on the books. Cause that was a lot of fun guys. I, it was a, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun and a lot of connections were made for sure uh, out there that day. So. Uh, other than that, oh, okay, well, it kind of ties into it. The next thing on my list, uh, SRF guys, if you're thinking about coming to SRF in the spring, that would be April 6th and 5th and 6th. Uh, hold on guys. I'm sorry. Uh, April 6th and 7th Camden, Tennessee. I thought it was 5th and 6th for some reasoning. Uh, April, <laughs> April, uh, April 6th and 7th. Camden, Tennessee. Early bird ticket pricing is good for another five days, I believe. Four days now. I think it's April, or uh, excuse me, March 1st. March 1st, easy. Early bird ticket pricing. Early bird ticket pricing ends on March 1st. So if you're planning on coming to Camden, Tennessee, uh, for Self-Reliance Festival, I'll be there. Toolman Tim's going to be there. Nicole Sauce, uh, Angry American author. Uh, I'm not a big uh, survival author, reader, book guy, uh, but I hear the guy's stuff's phenomenal. And and the excitement from my peers uh, for him coming out and getting to meet him is uh, is pretty high. Uh, so if you're into that th that kind of stuff, he will be there. You'll be able to get to meet him uh, and several other speakers, as always. I'm actually going to be participating in a working capacity. I'm going to be running a creator tent. Um, basically, it will be a space. If you are a content creator, if you have a podcast, a YouTube channel, something like that, or you just want to make content to uh, maybe get started or have for personal um, enjoyment, we're going to have a tent where you can interview people. You can uh, sign up to interview some of the headliners. We're going to have them kind of blocked out for some uh, for some uh, set, set it kind of um, timed interviews where you get to get to interact with them for 10 minutes or so. Uh, ask them whatever you want. We'll record it. It'll probably go out live to some feed somewhere. And then we're also going to have open time where if I meet somebody there that I would think it would be a great to do an in-person interview, we can put our name on the list. You can walk over, you can uh, use the tent and the equipment to do that interview. Uh, and then also have some other ideas going around with that creator tent. Um, 
maybe some round table kind of stuff or, uh, or one question, quick hitters for different people if they want to sign up for that. So come on out, out, come on out Camden, Tennessee. It's always a good time. It's always a great group of people. And, you know, as far as the, the speakers go, as far as the presentations go, I'll tell you how my progression at SRF went. The first year I went, I wanted to see every minute of every presentation, which is almost impossible because there's multiple stages and there's presentations going on at, at the at the same time in different places. So I, 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 I watch as much as I could. I didn't talk to anybody. I was a fly on the wall and, and really that was the intention. The next year I went and I wanted to meet more people. I wanted to connect with more people, talk with more people. And it, uh, it was so much better. I caught the main presentations I wanted to see. I, uh, there were some, some people talking about some things that interested me and some people that I hadn't seen speak before that I wanted to catch. And then this last time I went, uh, we had a vendor tent. We, um, we shared one for our community. By the way, we'll have another one. We do have a couple spots left in that. If you're interested in participating in the vendor tent with the Lots Project, um, definitely shoot me a message and uh, let me know what if you're coming and, and what you'd want to put on the table. We'll see if we can work something out. Um, but last year, I barely saw any speakers. I popped over for like half a Joel Salatin. I, I jumped over and uh, and caught some of a couple other people uh, because they asked me to one because they asked me to and give some feedback and one because I just wanted to see uh, what they had to talk about. But other than that, I spent my time meeting people, talking to people, making in-person connections, and it was well worth every cent that you're going to spend on the ticket just for that. I think if this group of people that show up at SRF showed up anywhere and there were no speakers, there was no tent, there was no anything. We just all kind of gathered in a field somewhere and started talking to each other. It would be worth the price of admission. It, the, the, um, the motivation the idea exchange, the knowledge exchange, um, the camaraderie and fellowship that happens there because we all are at a base interested in at least one thing. Hey, guys, the the helicopters are flying over, just so you know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but there was a very, 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 um, very, very close helicopter flying over right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at anymore. Obviously, anything like that, you're going to have speakers, you're going to have people you're going to be excited to talk about. But I think the real benefit of SRF is definitely the community connections. Um, Jen G says, sounds awesome. Great group of like-minded folks is priceless. Right. Where are you at, Jen? Uh, are you close to Camden? Uh, I know people that have come from every corner of the United States and uh, actually out from outside the United States on multiple occasions. So I don't know. There is a link in the video description in the, in the video notes uh, for SRF. Um, that is an affiliate link. Obviously I will get a little cut back. Uh, let me grab it here real quick. Uh, I'll get a little kickback. If you use my link and go and buy, go and buy tickets to the festival. 
Um, two seconds here, and I will have it. Do 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 do. Maybe it isn't there, guys. Maybe it isn't there. Oh, yep, there it is. Sorry. Riveting live, uh, riveting live audio and video, and I bet this is even better on the after audio stream. So, do do do. Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Okay, okay. Um, that's a little bit of a drive. That's a little bit of a drive, <laughs> for sure. <coughs> have to uh, have to plan a future trip. I I uh, I have to imagine that the the festival will keep going for a while. Oh, all right. All right. What else is on the list for this Monday morning? Do, do, do anybody else get anything excited done over the weekend? You can drop it in the in the video description or in the in the live chat and we can talk about it. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Didn't talk about this with Tim's. One thing I got uh, one thing I got in the mail last week for products to do reviews, testing and all that fun stuff uh, from Amazon was this cool little GPS tracker. Um, I think I only showed the box on Thursday or Friday when I had it in the mail, but I was able to get a bunch of stuff opened and um, I was able to get a bunch of stuff. Oh, Hunter. Uh, yeah, she said Lake Tahoe. You have people close to there. You're on Twitch. She's on YouTube. I don't think she'll be able to see your, your, um, see your notes. Jen, have you joined a Telegram group? Do you use Telegram? If you use Telegram, definitely uh, check out the Lots Project chat on Telegram. It is uh, it is a good place to meet a lot of the people that hang out and listen to the show. Uh, but I got this I got this cool little GPS tracker from Spy Tech. You can see it blinking there on the screen. Uh, basically, those things say um, GPS signal, power signal, and cell signal, and that's probably why the helicopter's flying over probably. Uh, but I, I saw this thing on uh, a listing on Amazon Creator Connections, and I reached out to them to see if I could get one. Uh, originally, my, my thought was, oh, I can do some, some cheesy content on like the cheating spouse or some crazy shit like that, or uh, tracking your, your, your generator. Um, uh, back and forth, stuff like that. Um, yeah, no problem, Jen. Give me a second. I can grab you the link as I, uh, as I talk about this, but, um, they, I, so those were, that was the type of content I was, I was, um, I was thinking about doing. I ordered it. I reached out. I said, Hey, uh, you guys send out any of the samples of your trackers. And then do you pay, there's this paid subscription that goes with it. Like anything, you know, you don't, can't, you can't just use trackers for free. Um, Hunter says that too, tracking people when they are hunting. Yes. So I was thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do the spy V spy thing. Their, their main motivator, their company basically puts out there that they are used to track fleet management. Um, so if you have uh, a business with techs or installers, you have uh, yeah vehicles out there on the road, you can put these in and, and, and follow them. Um, they also market to people that are shipping freight uh, so that you can throw one of these in with the shipment 
customer knows exactly where it is. Uh, man, like moving, moving high dollar freight, uh, people get nervous and they want it. They want updates. This thing work works for that. Uh, but as I as I sat here thinking about it, as I sat here and thought about what I could use it for, what content I can make for it, because I don't I don't have a spouse that's out and about that I need to know where she's at. I don't have a uh, have a kid that I want to keep tabs on. We have one vehicle. I, I, I don't believe I have anything being stolen uh, around here. So and I'm not shipping freight anywhere. But they gave me 30 days to try this thing out. And as I as I started trying it out, I'm like, I'm curious if this works where there isn't cell phone signal. Now, basically, it's got a web a web app or a, a downloadable app that you can see the trackers that you have um, registered. And obviously, to get the app on your phone to work, you need phone service. But I was wondering if the phone had phone service and the tracker had GPS signal, but no phone service, will it show up on the tracker? Or does the tracker save the GPS data and then when it gets cell phone signal, uploads the data to the uh to the app like which way this works how the how the information is transferred from the unit my thought was if you've been listening for a while and when we first started when i first started going out to tim's property there's no cell phone signal there there's very little cell phone signal on the roads around here um i get very little cell phone signal anywhere in the area uh, intermittent at best. And when I do get it, um, in this general area, it's, it's weak signal to be to like, you can't load Google maps type of thing. So there's always concern between Corey and I, that something's happened, that something happened to the truck, that something happened to me. If I was out working on Tim's property and I couldn't get back, truck wouldn't start flat tire, whatever. But what do we do? How do we find each other? How do we communicate with no cell phone? Like this was this was a scenario we've been going through for the last eight to nine months. I'm curious, and I still haven't done the testing because we've been together uh, when when I we went out to Tim's this week weekend. I'm gonna go out this week and have Corey track me while I'm gone to use her phone to see. If she can tell where I'm at, even when I don't have cell signal, if it's pinging the GPS coordinates uh, using GPS signal, or if it has to get back to where there's cell signal, because if it can track me and like Hunter said, tracking people when they're hunting and you can go off. I threw this in my pocket when we went there. It obviously tracks where we went um, while we were there, but. I didn't, I didn't attempt to look at it on my phone until we got back because I knew we didn't have service. So I don't know if it was real time or if it, if it uploaded later. Uh, I'm excited to see if it works without, without GPS because I could throw this in my pocket and go there. And if I don't move for a certain amount of time, if I miss the time that, uh, that I told Corey I was going to be back, uh, she can pop it up and, and go, oh, He's still out there. 
and he hasn't moved in three hours. Maybe we should try to think about getting out to see him or he's driving home. He must have just worked late or didn't look at his phone or whatever. He should be here soon. Um, that is going to be very convenient in this area where there isn't cell phones. So I'm excited to test that functionality out. It works really cool. I put it in my pocket for our walk. Um, the first time after I plugged it in, I opened it up, I plugged it in and we we're going on a dog walk and I was like, oh, I'll throw it in my pocket and see, uh, see how this thing works. And so I'm walking with the dogs and my phone is usually shut down on silent. Like you don't, it's, it usually doesn't ring vibrate or anything ever just because of all the spam uh, calls and things that I get. And so I'm walking the dogs and I pull my phone out of my pocket to, to take a peek. And my phone had literally blown up with messages. I never checked the settings in the app. I just, I connected this. I, I, they had signed me up for, for the free trial with my email. Uh, so I didn't even have to set anything up. Basically I logged in with the account that they gave me and it was hooked to my phone instantly, super easy. And, um, I never checked the settings, like when it sent me an alert, this thing literally sent me alert. As soon as it started moving, it started sending me alert when, um, when it went a certain distance, you can set up boundaries. You can set up, um, it needs to move X amount of miles an hour before it says anything. It needs to move, uh, it needs to move a certain distance, uh, before it says anything. If it moves within a certain range, it's okay. It won't send you a message, but literally I could open the app and zoom in to where we're at. And, and it was sitting in our camper. You could see it. Uh, it showed us our walk. Uh, you can set it to ping every five seconds, every 10 seconds, every 30 seconds, every minute, every five minutes, depending on how often you have it ping. The battery will last a different amount of time. I think it's a really valuable tool. Um, I'll find out. See, the thing is, Corey and I were thinking about getting a second cell phone um, on a different carrier to carry in the truck. We're going to do a prepaid plan, something like that just to have it for emergencies because you can get a little better AT&T signal around here. Um, hey, Jen, I'll approve that after the show. Thanks. I will. I look forward to having you over there. Uh, I think it's, I think this might be another option to consider uh, with the price. I think it's like $20 a month. I haven't dug into the price yet on the side of the, on the side of the, um, the app because I'm still working on functionality, but I really think it's going to be an affordable option for the functionality we're looking for. That peace of mind, that um, that being able to kind of know what's going on with the other one when we don't have cell communication or we don't really, uh, we can't get a hold of someone. So I don't know. I'm excited to look at it some more. It was, uh, it was definitely cool to see all the points that it, that it pinged back while we were at Tim's. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's uh, I think it definitely has some functionality. I have 30 days to mess around with it on that uh, free trial that they they gave me. So, yeah, look forward to that. Look forward to it for sure. Um, we're going to be doing... So I gathered material while we were out there. AT&T prepay, prepay own phone, $28 taxes and all. Okay, cool, cool. That, uh, yeah, and see, we wouldn't be using it. It would kind of just sit in the vehicle <coughs> if we needed it. 
Um, while we were out at Tim's, I, I got the supplies to do a little experiment. And we're going to be doing um, a little... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's a joke, really. It's going to be a joke uh, part of it. Part of it, I really am. I, I'm looking forward to, but we're going to be propagating um, Velveeta, our snake plant. She is definitely root bound. We've been talking about it. I talked about it a little while ago on the show, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, we're finally getting around to do that. We're, we're going to have temperatures here where we can do that outside. We really didn't have a whole lot of room to do it, do it inside. And we had some, some cold weather. But Someone suggested, I think it was uh, uh, Pickle Pete, that obviously we we had access to spring water. I had access to stream water, so I'm gonna try that. That that seems uh, seems like the best kind of water, uh, rain water, spring water, something like that to propagate these plants. It's gonna have the minerals. It's gonna have everything we need in it um, to do these plants. It's not gonna be chlorinated, fluorinated, or whatever, filtered with nothing in it. So. I got I got a couple jugs of that. Pickle Pete also threw out there to maybe do an experiment and see how they grow in dog slobber since we get uh, three or four gallons of that a day. Uh, and so we have plenty of cuttings that we'll be able to get from Velveeta, uh, more than I could probably use. And uh, we're going to have to end up tossing some, I think, or sticking them in the ground random places just to see if they survive. But we're probably going to do a little bit of an experiment to see how well snake plants grow in St. Bernard slobber. And God knows if they grow well, if there is some sort of weird rooting hormone in the, the mouth, uh, the mouth bacteria of, uh, of a St. Bernard, if for some reason the consistency of it, these things root and they take off, I will sell anybody in the world all the dog slobber they want. I will change these dogs water all day. They will be, their bladders will be overflowing. I will make them drink. I will harvest all the dog slobber. We know that it has a use in Texas for deterring fire ants. Um, last winter, I battled the fire ants with the dog slobber and I won our kind of one. I got them to move. Now we're going to try to use it for growing snake plants and we'll see what happens there. So Excited to get that probably going this week. We do have one more night of, uh, of kind of cold Wednesday. So I'm guessing Wednesday afternoon, Thursday into the weekend, I'll probably get this experiment set up. Uh, basically, I'm going to do a water propagation in a gallon jug. I'm going to cut the gallon jug off and um, cut enough cuttings to kind of pack them in there so they sit on the top and uh, roll with that. So pretty basic kind of stuff we do here. I don't have a lot of infrastructure or room or anything like that to do this stuff in the camper. So that was the kind of the idea that came up. I asked what anybody else had done over the weekend. Mike's Homestead said planted a combo of 48 cauliflower, chard, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and lettuce. Got a bunch more of them to get in. That sounds yummy, man. That sounds yummy for sure. And uh, good, good, uh, good spring this time of year garden plants for sure. Um, uh, pickle piece says dog slobber and comfrey cuttings. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know this. I don't think this thing is good. This stuff is good for anything. I think the only reason that it worked for the for the fire ants was the sheer volume that I was pouring onto their hills. Um, real quick before we take off, I I'm gonna talk about my boots. Uh, talk about some boots and then uh, comfrey a little bit. I got these boots. Uh, if you don't know, if you haven't followed the show, went uh, went barefoot for a long, long time. Uh, I guess not long compared to some people. Probably, well, all last winter for sure. In Texas was, uh, was I would say, 95 plus percent barefoot uh, and barefoot shoes when I wasn't barefoot. And it was fantastic. I, I felt a ton of... I, I felt a ton of change physically. I, there were just, there's too many, too, were too many benefits that I, I felt changes to talk about right, right now. But after an extended period of time, um, I ended up, I had to get work boots. I had to, I had to get hiking boots, work boots, some sort of boots to protect my feet when I was out working at Delinquent Scully um, and using a chainsaw here to cut my firewood, things like that. I really don't want to be in the business of running a chainsaw with no, um, I'm not going to show you my feet, Mike. Uh, I didn't want to be out running a chainsaw with no steel toe, at least no leather shoes on. Most of the, the barefoot shoes that I have, uh, a chainsaw would go right through. Uh, something falling on my foot would break it instantly if I was rolling logs or something out and doing intense physical work at Tim's. Um, and so I went back and forth what I wanted to order. I, I loved my my Irish setter Crosby pull on work boots that I had for um, when I was a service tech. They were fantastic. I think they were the best boots I ever owned. Um, I couldn't get them. And I didn't know if I wanted to get them. I wanted more of a hiking boot. And so I looked and I ended up buying some Keen, um, pretty decent, some some higher end hiking boots with a composite steel toe. Uh, I, I sized them right. They fit well. But as I started wearing them, I noticed that after I wore them for a hike, after I wore them to work out on the property, after I had them on and did a dog walk, I would sit down in the truck. I would drive a little while. And when I would get out, I could barely put weight on my heels in the in the plantar fasciitis realm i could stretch it out i could hobble along and it would loosen up um it's great pickle Pete says uh birkenstocks are safety gear in the pacific northwest well you do you man uh bandana for a hard hat i don't wear hard hats uh hard hats are ridiculous in my opinion after years and years and years in industry if something's going to hit me in the head hard enough to have a hard hat help me uh, it's probably going to break my neck. I mean, obviously there's reasons for them, but I've never, 
I hit my head on a daily basis and and that'll probably be where I uh, where I uh, my demise comes is when I uh, I hit my head one final last time and it busts a vein open or something. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, as I was as I would wear um as I would wear Hunter disagree on the hard hat. I I prefer bump hat a bump hat inside of baseball hat. I will wear that. A hard hat, hard hat. Um, I felt I injured myself more often hitting my head with a hard hat on than it saved me. The bump, the bump plate in the hat saved me from hitting my head a bunch. I also, it also really depends on what you're working on. Hunter says I'm tall. Yeah, I am six, five. So add on another three inches from a hard hat and it's, it's, yeah. The bump cap is, is the way to go on my, in my opinion, it's going to shed anything falling. It's going to, um, it's going to take away that impact and keep you from bumping your head. And the stuff I was working around, if it fell on you, it ain't going to matter if you had a hard hat, if you had a fucking football helmet on, uh, it was going to break your neck or snap your back. So that was like, uh, it was what was happening. Anyway, back to the shoes. Um, so I really, I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about what it feels like when it hurts, when what I do to um, alleviate the pain, what helps. Um, and I think what's happening, <coughs> excuse me, is the Keens have a pretty decent heel in them. And it feels almost like when I'm walking and my stride, my heel isn't going to the ground with every, with every step. Like it is, um, if I step down with barefoot, it goes like this. When I'm stepping down with the Keens, it's going like this. My calves and my Achilles aren't elongating with every step. They're not stretching out. I think when I get into the truck and I sit, the 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 muscles and the tendons are are contracting. And when I get out, and this could all be like in my head. This is only what I'm feeling in my in my legs, in my muscles, in my ankles, and all of this, and observing the shoes. I think when I get out and I go to step down, they've contracted so much that that's where that pain is coming from. When I take my shoes off and I can stretch my ankles out, when I stretch my calves, uh, after I go through the motions of stretching out, the pain is gone. If I don't put on the if I don't put on the hiking boots to take the dogs for a walk. I wear barefoot shoes. Um, I don't have any pain at all, at, at all. Um, as soon, as soon as I put the boots on and walk with the walk with the hiking boot heel, or maybe the arch, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on. So, on the search, uh, probably on the search for some new, some new hiking boots. And that's unfortunate because these ones were kind of spendy. Got them for Christmas, but still kind of spendy. I'm sure I'll keep them around. Um, they're new. They're, uh, they're fairly new. They're still in really good shape. So they might go in the, in the truck as an emergency backup pair, but I'm going to have to be on the search for a new pair of boots. 
And I might try to go back to these Crosby work boots and see see the difference. See the ones I had when I started doing barefoot most of the time were really significantly worn in. They were over a year old. They're eight, nine months, a year old. Um, they had been worn in. The soles were worn in. Uh, and I don't know if that made them so they didn't hurt. It didn't affect that. Maybe the heels were worn down. Or maybe there was less of a heel. I threw them out, unfortunately. I threw them out when I got the new ones. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna look. I'll keep uh keep you guys updated, but definitely not a fan of running the chainsaw, especially the way I have to use it, cutting like 12 inch pieces of split wood down to six to eight inches where my foot is holding it steady and I'm cutting next to my foot. I really don't want barefoot or uh, or just uh, some canvas shoes or things like that. That steel toe will save my feet if uh, something slips. So I don't know. Rewilder Life says, I think plus the foot roll isn't there in the toe. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, the discomfort that comes when I wear those and then sit in the truck or come back and sit down and, uh, and have some water, whatever in the chair. And then I go to stand up and I can barely put weight on my heel. It's, it's, it's infuriating really. <laughs> I hobble around like I'm a 90 year old when I get out of the truck after I just, I just walked up and down this, this, uh, slope that's like this clearing bushes and, and carrying shit around like a completely a capable, physically active person in their forties. And I ride the truck for 10 minutes and I get out and I look like I'm a hundred years old hobbling through the parking lot. So I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> anyway, guys, it's uh we're over an hour here. Uh, definitely. If you're, if your spring fever is hitting you, uh, definitely check out the lotsproject.com or our Etsy shop and pick up some uh, some comfrey. We have it for sale. We got root cuttings for sale. We have comfrey crowns for sale. We also have whole plants for sale. If you're not sure about growing comfrey, you can sign up for a consultation, get a little bit of a discount, um, get a little bit of a discount uh, on an, a future order. And then also I offer a package where I'll tell you, I'll teach you how to grow it and then what to do with it after you have it. Uh, to make a little bit of money off it. Otherwise, if you just want to grow it and uh, have a beautiful ornamental or a medicinal plant on your property, I'm your guy. My stuff is quality. My roots are fantastic. They, uh, I got, I've sold over 300, 300 orders of them over on Etsy and countless orders in person and uh, directly through the website. So check them out, check them out. It is definitely good stock and it's shipping now. It ships from the Pacific Northwest at this point because I cannot take it uh, with me on the road. Check it out. Check it out. Any comfrey questions, definitely reach out to me. I will be able to help you. It's been something I've been dabbling in for the last, oh, uh, seven, eight years-ish. So I know a little bit. I know a little bit and I can help you out. And if you don't, if I don't know, I have some places I could reach out to try to find out the answer for you. And today, after the show, I don't think it's going to be airing live. It'll be probably released a little later, but I will be chatting with, uh, with Cormac from uh, permaculture vine i'm excited to go on talk about comfrey talk about the business talk about how i got into it and spun it up 
uh, whatever quarterback brings up for sure, really. Uh, but I'm excited to record that later this morning. It's been a long time coming. Uh, other than that, if you're looking for some more stuff to listen to and you uh, you want to get on the goofy side, definitely check out uh, um, uh, Pickle Pete uh, and uh, Good Morning Seattle with Scrambling over on the Food Forest Farms food forest farms youtube channel uh he's my coffee guy he's uh he he follows me up here uh, over in seattle he he started doing a show right about the time mine uh mine wraps up so if you're interested in some more live content this morning switch on over there otherwise i appreciate you listening to the show thanks for joining the telegram uh telegram chat there i appreciate that too if you enjoyed the show it's always free to hit the like share and subscribe tell somebody you know about it and uh, let them check it out other than that to return value for value please consider joining one of the youtube membership tiers or listening on any value for value platform like podverse or fountain.fm other than that, you can hit on over to the lotsproject.com. We got a big old shop there with uh, coffee mugs, t-shirts, comfrey, uh, consulting, and all sorts of things. You can check that out. Like I said, the lotsproject.com. For more information, all my links, partner companies, discount codes, affiliate links, and all that jazz. Hey, guys, it's Monday. It is Monday. Get it done. Start the week off right. Be productive and you will keep it rolling all week. I appreciate you being here and we will catch up with you tomorrow.